0: Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much. God is good, isn't he good? And his mercy endures forever. Praise God for this day and for this time of worship. Praise God for you. Amen. And for this opportunity to come together and to worship God, the Lord God, almighty maker of heaven and earth. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Can we look to God in a word of prayer? Can we pray today? Happy Mother's Day. Amen to all the wonderful mothers out there. Amen. Happy Happy Mother's Day to my mama. Amen. On Mother's Day, you got to call her mama. Some folk got to call her mama. Amen. Because mama, you know I love you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Let's worship uh, the Lord. But let's pray as we pray first. Amen. Let us bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this day and this worship experience, this time together that we have to, to give you praise and to give you glory and to give you honor. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for Being with us, you are our guest today, God, in our homes, our households, our rooms in our house, uh, and in this place, in this sanctuary, God, we're grateful, um, and we are thankful. Paracletus, uh, the Holy Spirit, the one who walks alongside of us, and Cletus, the one who calls us, thank you, comforter, thank you for coming, in Jesus' name. Now help us to be led by your spirit. Let the people of God say amen. And Amen. Life by the spirit. Somebody say life by the spirit. Say it again. Life by the spirit. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And we're in uh, the book of uh, Galatians. And so we're going to turn there now. And I have uh, uh, a love affair with Galatians. Galatians is, is, a, is just an incredible uh, book. Uh, a letter to the church. Um, they've had some challenges, being infiltrated uh, by some preachers, uh, uh, while Paul is somewhere else, and um, he's writing this letter uh, because their understanding of Jesus has changed, uh, and it's a, uh, in a threat. It's it's being threatened by other. Other teachers who are teaching really uh, what he calls a uh, in chapter one and verse six, a different gospel. Uh, So let us go to the word today. Amen. Amen. So Galatians five. And thank you, uh, Sister Valerie, for reading it. Um, Praise God uh, today. If you look at Galatians five and we'll stay right there. All right. okay. if it doesn't work, it's all right. They ain't, they ain't trying to work today, amen, that's okay. Next week, Minister. somebody say ne- next week, amen. <laughs> Praise God, I'll give it all to you, amen. And guess what, all the notes actually are on the website already, amen. And you can go to YorkCoven.com. I just put them on there this morning, amen, and you can go to latest message, now obviously the video sermon's not up because I'm preaching right now, but <laughs> what's up is the notes. So if you go to latest message, what a good time to do that. Go to latest message uh, um, and click on that card, and you'll see uh, the notes right there. If someone could do me a favor and turn the TV off, and since we ain't going to use it, just hit that. There's a, there's a remote right there. You can turn it off. Amen. Praise God. Life by the Spirit. Life by the Spirit. Let me say this. As I preach on uh, the blazing center, the work and the person and work of the Holy Spirit, the blazing center, the person and work of Of the Holy Spirit. I preached on the the witness of the Holy Spirit last week. Hallelujah. I preached the week before on the work of the Holy Spirit. uh, And now I'm preaching on the life by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Don't let any religious person hear me. This is, for some of us, churchy folk. Who've been in church all their lives. And some new folk. Don't let any religious person take away the freedom God gave you through Jesus. Don't believe them when they tell you that you're not free yet until you do this or that. Don't let them enslave you. Jesus set you free so that you could be free. That's what the scripture says, and we'll get into it. He didn't. Set you free so you could be enslaved again by some teaching, some kind of standard, some kind of evidence that enslaves you to a tradition that doesn't even apply to you. Hear what I'm saying to you. Let me make it plain. Somebody say make it plain. If I'm, a black, if, if, if I'm black, then don't try to hold me to some white tradition. Can I be more plain than that? Don't expect me to live up to your standards, and I won't expect you to live up to ours. Don't let others expect you to be someone you're not. You be who Christ created you and freed you to be. Can I get amen? Christ's way is freedom. The apostle Paul here who writes this letter to Uh, the churches. Galatia says in verse 1, look at it, it is, chapter 5, verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's for freedom that Christ, you see it, has set us free. What is it for? For freedom that Christ has set us free. He set us free for freedom. He says, Then stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by what? A yoke of slavery. In other words, stand your ground. Verse 2. Look at it with me. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you. At all. So people were telling them, those who were Greeks, that they had to be circumcised like Jewish Christians. And he's telling them, don't, don't no, no. It mark my words. He says, I Paul tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Right? Don't don't do not do not do not do that because now you're saying there's that the cross isn't enough for you. That the cross is not self sufficient. It's not all sufficient. That it paid for everything you could do wrong and everything you will do wrong. Can I get an amen? So, this is what he's telling them. Then he says, and, and so, right there, let's stop right there. If you let yourself be burdened by a slave teaching, he's saying, Christ will be of no value to you. In other words, brother, don't accept the teaching that ties you to a tree. He's saying, sister, don't let someone teach you something that puts a noose around your neck. Don't receive anything that takes away your freedom to be all that God created you to be. If you let people teach you some messed up stuff, it will be extremely difficult ever to break free from that. Let me tell you. The wrong standards will kill your walk with Christ. Amen. The wrong standards will kill your walk with Christ. Look at verse 3 with me. Verse 3, chapter 5, Galatians. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to then obey the whole law. Some Christians have what I call Old Testament standards. They dress a certain way and expect you to do the same. They talk a certain way, and if you don't talk a certain way, something's wrong with you. You don't sound Christian enough. They talk a certain way expect you to sound just like them. They expect the church to look a certain way. They they want the pastor to sound and look like someone that was acceptable in their day, and they expect you to act accordingly. But you will never be able to fulfill all of their expectations, so that makes you their slave if you're not careful. Otherwise, they got you. But here's the thing before Jesus, you failed at life, and so did I. Before, because of Jesus, you passed. Because there is no old standard that will keep you out of heaven. Amen. You're free of all of that. Hallelujah. Write this down. Type it. People put unnecessary standards on you because they want to control you. People put unnecessary standards on you because they want to control you. If you haven't done so already, let them go. People put unnecessary standards on you because they want to, who knows that to be true, want to control you. It's time to take their shackles from around your ankles and your wrists. Take and take their noose from around your neck. They have choked the life, I'm talking to somebody, out of your relationship with Christ long enough. It is time to let them go and walk with Christ without them standing in between you and your Savior. Stop going to them for advice when they can just look at their, when you can just look at their life and see they're not a reflection of Christ's life. They've got more issues than you do, so why are they counseling you? Why are they telling what you need to do in Jesus when they have so much more to do than you do? Let me say this. The most judgmental people have the most jacked up lives. Can I get an amen? Somebody said, that's true. The most judgmental people have the most jacked up lives. Verse 4, look at it with me. You who are trying to be justified by the law. Verse four have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace for watch this for through. The spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for in which for which we hope. For through the spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. Jesus will make us fully righteous on our day. We don't have to worry about that right now because we're not going to be fully righteous right now. Come on, somebody. And it is through the Spirit, it says, that we eagerly await by faith for this to take place. Look at verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. In other words, no old standards are going to get you into heaven. They're not going to save you. They're not going to justify you. That's already set in stone. Christ already, hallelujah, took care of that for you when you embraced him. Verse six, second part, look at it with me. The only thing that, somebody read this with me, go. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Somebody put an asterisk or something highlighted on your phone or whatever, your uh, Bible version, your U version uh, of the Bible. I love that scripture. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Remember that. Let me say it another way, and you can write this uh, or type this. The greatest expression of my faith is love. The greatest expression of my faith is love. That's the greatest expression of my faith is love. Verse 7. I'm setting up the context here. You were running a good race. See, we can't talk about life by the Spirit and talk about the fruit of the Spirit, right? Without talking about freedom and the difference between slavery and freedom. Look at verse 7. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Who cut in on you You were running a good race. You had the right beliefs, the right understanding, the right teachings. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? A lot of folk need to hear this because they need to go back to what their grandmama and their granddaddy knew about Jesus. Since then, who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Verse 8, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. Amen, somebody. Read it with me the next verse. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Little messed up stuff will mess you up, right? Verse 10, I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who, who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay. Come on. The penalty. Oh, help me, Lord there's a penalty for people looking up to you. I'm talking to somebody and you steering them wrong by what you've taught them and by what you've preached and practiced in front of them. It says in Matthew five to be careful to teach where my Bible study people and practice right? The commands that Jesus gives us. Not only teach it and and practice it, not only practice it, but teach it to people because we will be held accountable for what we do and practice in front of people. Help me, Lord. Somebody just turned off the the, the computer. Amen. (laughs) Verse 11. Turn it back on. Can't hear me now because you already turned it off. Look at verse 11. Brothers and sisters, If I am still preaching circumcision, he's giving that as an example, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. See, Christ's cross is offensive because it gets rid of all the extra stuff. If he was still preaching circumcision, he would be keeping some stuff, and then he wouldn't be persecuted. So because he's preaching, this circumcision is not needed. Jesus paid the price for us all. Amen. And so because he paid the price for us all, there's no need for this circumcision. no need for this extra stuff. And that's why he's being persecuted. He said, if I was preaching circumcision, then why am I still uh, being persecuted? Understand, that's important to understand. Christ's cross is offensive because it gets rid of all the extra stuff. Amen. Verse 13, look at me, look at it, not look at me, look at that, scripture. I'll skip verse 12 because I, well, I'll read it and just keep going. As for those agitators, talking about my circumcision, I wish that they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. I'll let that sit right there. <laughs> no explanation needed. Verse, he ain't playing, is he? Verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Hallelujah. Anybody here was called to be, anybody at home was called to be free. Remember, he said that in verse 1. The reason why I went all the way up now to close to the scripture in which uh, uh, Valerie, Sister Valerie, read is because verse 1 says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Then he gives us all this context about Paul. And Paul gives us all this context about circumcision and that uh, we don't need it um, and Christ is enough. Right. Uh, And we should uh, practice uh, the truth. And somebody cut in on us uh, who did. They're going to have to pay the penalty for that. Then he goes to verse 13 and says, you, my brother, says again, as he said in verse one, but in a different way, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Somebody say, but. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly how in love. Remember, the only thing that counts is what? Is faith expressing itself. Remember that? From verse 6 through love. The only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. But you but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. But do the opposite. What's the opposite? Serve one another humbly in love. He is building this contrast between the flesh now, right, and serving in love because they're diametrically opposed to each other. Remember that. God didn't give you freedom so you could wall out, he's saying. God gave you freedom so that you could love right? The definition of freedom here, he's giving you freedom to love. Christ sets you free to do what? To love. What is the only thing that matters? Is faith expressing itself through what? Through love. Get this now. Look at verse 14, because this is really critically important. For the entire law, verse 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, What is this one command? Love your neighbor as yourself. How is that possible? Because as a disciple, how is that possible? All the commandments are fulfilled if you just do this. What about loving God with all heart, mind, and soul, and then loving your neighbor as yourself? How is that possible to love your neighbor as yourself and the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Because as a disciple? Context, because as a disciple, someone who loves and follows Jesus, if you love your neighbor, you love God. A lot of folks say, I love God, I love God, I love God, I love God, but they don't like a whole they, they don't love a whole lot of other people, right? I love God, I love God, I love God, I love God. Thank you for doing this for me. Thank you for doing that for me. Thank you for doing that. Thank you that I'm not that person over there and that person over there and that person over there. Thank you for, you, for making me me. Thank you. Right? All I got to do is love God. I don't have to come. If I come to church, I'll come and hear the word and I'll go on and I don't want to mess with folk because I love God. No, you don't. No, you don't. How can you love God who you haven't seen and not love your neighbor who you see all the time? I think Jesus said that. I love God. I got to work on loving people. No, you don't love God. No, you don't. If you accept the Christ as your Savior, embrace Christ, amen. And then you spend your day and your life loving people, you will love, continue to love God even greater. Because greater love has no one than to lay down his life for a friend, for someone else. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen, somebody? God didn't give you freedom so you could wild out. God gave you freedom so you could love. So you could love. So you could love. For the entire law is... Uh, Is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. That's how it's possible. If you love your neighbor, you love God. If you're a disciple, if you already know Jesus, love Jesus, embrace Jesus, if then you love your neighbor, you love God. A lot of disciples are shackled because they don't love enough. They don't love enough. That's why they're shackled. That's what he's saying. Disciples, people who say they love God and are seeking to follow God, don't love enough. But there's one th- only one thing that counts, and that's faith expressing it. Self. What? Through love. Love for who? For your neighbor. A lot of disciples are shackled because they don't love enough, because they don't love their neighbor with the love, get this, of God. They don't love their neighbor. With the love of God. Because they don't love people, watch this, with their faith. Oh, help me, Lord. They don't love people. Wait a second. Let me think about that, Pastor. They don't love people with their faith. You have to love people with your faith. What does that mean? They, 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 they love people instead of loving other people with their faith, they love people with their conditions. Instead of loving people with their faith in God, they love people with their opinions. They love people with their judgments. They love people with their likes. And so when you stop liking someone, when your opinion of someone changes, when you start judging someone, criticizing someone, putting them down, telling them about themselves, you become a slave. You're no longer Kunta Kinte. You're Toby. You're a slave because someone taught you to separate yourself from your brother or sister in Christ. Someone taught you to elevate yourself so that you can look down on someone else. You become a house negro. The problem is that your master is a man and not God. Some fool of a preacher or a friend taught you to separate yourself from other disciples of Christ. I'm going to be real. Can I really be real, 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 real right here? That's why we don't get a whole bunch of Pentecostal people up in here, because most of them, including me, have been taught to separate ourselves. And so we walk around with an elevated attitude. I'm blessed, highly favored. Ain't nobody can touch me. Fill straight, feel with the Holy Spirit. We think we're better than other believers because we've got the Holy Ghost and you don't. Don't think that you have some hold on the Holy Spirit that other believers don't. Listen, the Holy Spirit didn't come for you. The Holy Spirit came for the church. See, When you elevate yourself over others, you do exactly what the Apostle Paul warns against in verse 13, using your freedom to indulge the flesh. What's the flesh? To to indulge, to be self-aggrandized. To be self-elevated. That's what the flesh is. Everybody talks about the flesh, and all they think about is sex, immoral sex. But Paul puts them all together. He throws in sexual immorality and then he throws in his other things. Using your freedom to indulge the flesh, factions, dissensions, other things. The flesh has more to do with than you just lusted after somebody. Come on, somebody. To make you more, see, the opposite. Remember I said of serving people, loving your neighbor. Is, I'll say it this way, is self-elevation. More churches today, more and more churches are teaching self-elevation instead of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> they want to make you more grand than you actually are. Make you more grand so that you can believe that other believers are beneath you. You've gone to another level and left everybody else on the ground. And Paul says in verse 15, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Go down to verse 26. I'm excited. Amen. Verse 26, let us not become conceited provoking and envying each other. Anybody who's conceited, is part of their conceit comes from a fact that they envy other people. And so when you're conceited, you're insecure. Right? Verse 16, I'm going go back to verse 16. I got excited. Amen. The word is great. So... And there's no respect to a person. I love it. It's, it's just like, yo, I can read the scripture. I'm like, yo, I was just offended by the scripture. And that's good. That's called conviction. <laughs> Verse 16. So I say, walk. Come on, read it with me. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Hallelujah. Write, write our type this. Walking by the spirit is the opposite of of being self-centered. Walking by the Spirit is the opposite of being self-centered. There's a lot of self-centered gospel being preached this morning. But that is the opposite of walking by the Spirit. Verse 17. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, right? The flesh is this self-centeredness. A better way of defining the flesh is not just bisexual sexual immorality, it is, it is a talk about the flesh being the self-centered life. Right? So verse 17: for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. It's contrary. They juxtaposed, right? They're, they're contrary. And the spirit, what? What is contrary. To the flesh. Can it be more clear here? Is he, is he making it plain? He ain't Malcolm. He's Paul. He's making it plain. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, he's saying, wait, I can't do what I want. Am i Am not free? No, you're free. Remember? He said, no, Christ set you free. It's for freedom that Christ said you free. You can't just do what you want, though. But, I love it, right? But, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the Lord. No one has a shackle on you from all, some old standard of church that, you, that they say you have to meet. Otherwise, you're not holy enough. Come on, somebody. Freedom is the Holy Spirit leading you. That's good. That's not in the notes. That's in my notes. Freedom is the Holy Spirit leading you. I like that. I should have put that in the notes. Freedom is the Holy Spirit, the definition of freedom. Freedom is the Holy Spirit leading you. Not to do whatever you want, because doing whatever you want is contrary to the Holy Spirit leading you, right? Doing whatever you want is contrary to the Holy Spirit leading you. Doing whatever you want is actually slavery. Watch this. How is doing whatever you want? That's freedom, right? No, it's not. Doing whatever you want is actually slavery. Why? Because it's slavery because without God leading you, you are lost. You are chained by your misguided life. You are a danger to everyone around you because you don't know that you are lost. Have you ever met somebody that's lost and didn't know they were lost? They thought they were free, but you looked at them and you said, Lord, I want to pray for sister or brother so-and-so because they're lost. They are in chains. They are shackled because they don't know which way to go. And the the way they think they're going is ending in self-destruction. We're my Boogie Down Bronx people. Self-destruction. I added that in there. You are chained by your misguided life. You are in danger to everyone around you, like I said, because you don't know that you are lost. Lost believers are dangerous to others. <laughs> Do you hear what I said? Lost believers. I'm not talking like they accepted Christ. I got that, but then they lost. The people in Israel accepted God. They they knew God. They loved God, but they were lost for years. Right? Lost believers are dangerous to others because they are not being led by the Spirit. They are being led by the flesh. <laughs> That's why they're lost. They're being led by their self-centered lives. Well, what are the acts of the flesh? Well, verse 19, what are the acts of the flesh? Do you see it with me? The acts of the flesh. I'm so glad you asked. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Remember how I said he's going to mix in, he puts in sexual immorality, and people get that, but then they kind of gloss over the rest. And that's you in the flesh. Okay, what is that? Come on now. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, got that debauchery, that's wild living, wilding out, that's why I said wilding out, that's a a contemporary version, a definition of debauchery, right? Idolatry, get that, idolize something other than God, and witchcraft, that's obvious, got it, it was was prevalent then, it's prevalent now. Hatred, wait a second, acts of the flesh are hatred, wait a second, I get that, discord, (laughs) Anyone who sows discord is acting in the flesh. Anyone who keeps arguing amongst believers, always getting in an argument with somebody, always having a problem with somebody, always saying, oh, I got a problem with this, I got a problem with that person. You're the problem because you're acting in the flesh. You're always sowing discord. If there's a pattern, it's you. Amen. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, acts of the flesh, are discord. Right. Jealousy. Mm. Right. Because when you're self-centered and when you're conceited. Right. You also are insecure and jealous of people. That's why you can. Right. Part of being conceited. Jealousy. Fits of rage. I told her off. Did you? Fleshly brother. (laughs) Selfish ambition. What? Wait a second. I just heard a word from somebody the other week telling me how I'm going to be wealthy and rich. And it was on the pulpit. Wait a second. Selfish ambition. I want to get rich to help people. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Tell the truth. The answer to poverty is not wealth. The biblical answer to poverty is justice. Don't be lying. Come on now. I see you. Hatred, jealousy, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. What? That's the to flesh, too. Dissensions. Oh, man. Discord. discord and dissensions. Dang, I can't even dissent. I disagree with you. Hey, I'm going to tell everybody I disagree with you. you in the church and you're saying that. Factions. I got to click. Yo, we don't like what everybody else is doing. We're going to click together and tell you that we're a faction in Jesus' name. No, you, you're you in the flesh. You fleshly flesh. Factions, envy, there's envy again, right? They all go together, don't they, if you look at it. Drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Got those. Got it. We got to put drunkenness along with dissensions, factions, and discord. And jealousy. He, he's sipping on some syrup all the time. Okay. And you sipping on discord and dissension. <laughs> right? Come on. <laughs> you got that right. Amen. Uh, I warn you. As I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God won't be yours. Matthew 5, Beatitudes. Right? If you do this for righteousness, the kingdom of God is yours. It's not going to be yours. That's some deep stuff right there. Do you really love me, he's asking. Come on now. Do you really love me? and do what I say, right? Doesn't he say that if you love me? Come on, somebody. If you love me, that's John 17, I believe. You do, no, it's in John, John 14, I think it is. If you love me, you do what? What I command, if you love me. right? That's some good stuff right there. Let me stop there. I'm almost done. Paul is drawing this, he's drawing this stark contrast, as you see, between selfishness and the spirit. See, anything that leads to self-elevation is actually problematic. Why is it problematic? Because that's not how the spirit leads. That's how some preachers convince you to listen to them. Write this, type this. Some preachers promote the selfishness in you and not the Holy Spirit in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some preachers promote the selfishness in you and not the Holy Spirit in you. And so Paul is drawing a line in the sand because he's having these challenges with these preachers who are preaching selfishness and self promotion and not the Holy Spirit because they can't do both. And so Paul is drawing a line in the sand. He's imploring them go back to the side that you started on with me. Verse 16, look at it. He's saying this, so I say, do what? Walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I'll show it to you. Verse 17, he's saying, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Verse 18, be led by the spirit. Verse 25, live by the spirit. Verse 25 again, keep in step with the spirit. You got it. Verse 19, for the acts of the flesh, are all these selfish things, not just sexual things. They're all these selfish things. See the contrast? But verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit, his acts of the flesh in verse 19, and he says all these things. And he says, but the fruit of the spirit in verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is what? Is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. You're free when you do these things. You're shackled when you do the other. There's freedom in doing those things and producing that fruit because the Holy Spirit gives you that fruit that he's produced in you. Love. The one thing that matters, the one thing that counts, the only thing that counts, verse 6, is faith expressing itself through what? Through love. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Watch this. We can't fully love unless it comes out of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I'll say it a different way in a second. So here are all these things. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. You're free when you, do, when you produce, produce these things in Jesus' name. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. You know, when I hear people out in the world, let me sum it up this way. You know, when I hear people out in the world talking about the Spirit... How to Elevate the Spirit? They are referring to their own spirit. Type this. Christians today are more in touch with their own spirit than they are with the Holy Spirit. Christians today are more in touch with their own spirit than they are with the Holy Spirit. And they are not the same. You and I are not Jesus. Our spirit is not holy. That's what's being taught. Get in touch with your spirit like your spirit's holy. Your spirit and my spirit, they ain't holy. We're not Jesus. Your spirit and my spirit are not something we need to follow then. Right? Right? Follow your heart, follow your breathing, follow everything. <sighs> I, feel, I feel it. Follow the moment. You're, you're present. Nothing wrong with breathing. Nothing wrong, be conscious of your breathing. But don't take it to the next step to think that your breathing, your spirit, you should follow. Because your spirit, my spirit, we got issues. Because your spirit, my spirit, can be selfish. Isn't that right? Because your spirit, my spirit, can be evil sometimes. Isn't that right? Because your spirit, my spirit, can be lost. So you don't need and I don't need to get in tune or in touch so much with my spirit. I need to get in tune and in touch with the Holy Spirit. People who want to get in touch with their spirit don't understand the access they can have or have to the Holy Spirit. Type this. Write this. We can't safely talk about spiritual things without the holy spirit leading us we can't safely talk about spiritual things without the holy spirit leading us so i'm talking to somebody they don't bring me and they talk about how you are growing spiritually without the holy spirit leading you Without you, verse 16, walking by the Spirit. Without you, verse 18, being led by the Holy Spirit. Without you, verse 25, living by the Holy Spirit. And without you keeping in step, verse 25, with the Holy Spirit. And it's not until we do that that we can produce the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit, love. First, and all these other great and wonderful things. We can't produce the love of God in Christ Jesus Without the Holy Spirit. That's what I said before. I'll say it again. Write it down, type it up. We can't produce, or get it off the website. We can't produce the love of God in Christ Jesus without the Holy Spirit. We can't produce the love of God in Christ Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Can I just read the end? Verse 22. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, then let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Let the church say amen. Live by the Spirit. I'm going to say one more thing that I said before because I really want you to get it. The fruits of the Spirit can only be fully produced by the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit can only be fully produced by the Spirit. Pastor, I want to fully love people. The fruits of the Spirit can only be fully produced by the Spirit. Pastor, I want to fully bring have joy in my life and bring joy to others because it's about serving others. The only thing that matters that counts is faith expressing itself in love the, for the entire law verse 14 is fulfilled in keeping this one command love your neighbor as yourself right pastor i want to have love i want to love people like god loves people with god's law, i want to have this full joy in my life and give joy to people i want to bring peace to people forbearance kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control to myself ah uh, if I want to do all that, well, then the fruits of, those, of the Spirit can only be fully produced by the Spirit. So you have to be in touch with the Spirit. You have to be, have to walk with the Spirit. have to talk with the Spirit. You have to be led by the Spirit. The paracletus, you have to uh, be willing and open and, and invite the Spirit to walk along para, parallel, to walk alongside you. And cletus, paracletus, to call on you, to lead you. The Holy Spirit, let the church say amen. Live life by the Spirit. Amen. God bless you. All right. Amen. Let's stand to our feet here. If you'd like to accept Christ as Savior and Lord, we welcome you to do that. It is an